Amen. What a good day of worship. Good day to be here. And I'm going to admit as we begin this morning that I have good news and I have bad news. What do you want first? No, the good news. No, you want the good news. I don't know why I asked. I knew what I was going to tell you first. The good news is I am going to try to be brief this morning. Now, what's I going to say? It said, I'm going to try, and just know that the preacher's definition of brief isn't always your definition of brief, so I'm going to try to be brief this morning. I know we've got a full day, we're going to go have lunch, we're going to do some awesome things today, we have some things to talk about, and I want to respect that, I want us to go enjoy our time, so I am going to try uh, to be simple and brief and keep it before us. Now, the bad news. She just, she said, you can't do it. <laughs> That's the bad news. Well, you have a lot of faith and expectation in me, don't you? No, she knows me too well. Okay, all right, that's good. No, the bad news. Now, even though I will try to keep simple and, and concise this time this morning, at least some of what I had to say, at least in one thing, you may not like it. Now, don't Don't worry. I'm not going to, I'm not here to try to step on toes this morning. I haven't been secretly observing you and going to air your dirty laundry this morning. I'm not going to say something against scripture or, you know, something negative about our church or any of you. Nothing like that. I, oh, so there's plenty to do. No, I, I say you may not like it because what I'm going to, one of the things I'm going to say this morning, although in itself awesome, I mean, just, I mean, it's a great thing and it's, and I think it's of God, and it's going to be wonderful for us, the church, all these things, but it's not going to be easy. It's, it's, I want you to understand that kind of what we're heading for this morning, and one of the things I'll say at the end of the message, that actually the more you think on it, the more you realize and you're going to say, oh, that's, that's big. That's, that's a challenge. And you're going to realize that the more of the more you think on what I have to say at the end of the message, the more it involves you. And it also means that we have to be willing to be uncomfortable and allow God to push us in new ways. And so if I say I, you're not going to like it, I only mean that, that it's, it's going to be good, but it's going to be challenging. And I know sometimes we don't like to be pushed out of side of where we feel comfortable. But I'm just giving you a fair warning that that will happen for us this morning. Now, for the past several weeks during this month, I have talked and focused on two key words, faith and expectation. I love it when I start hearing other people start, you know, using the terminology. I was listening to other people talk the other day, and I said, yeah, we should have faith and expectation. I said, they do listen to what I say. I can't believe it. It's wonderful. This idea of not only just believing all things are possible, but acting as though those promises of God have already been delivered because when God makes a promise, he always lives up to his word. So to walk in that faith, we've talked about it from many angles. We've talked about the things that get in our way from having that kind of faith and expectations. We've seen biblical examples of faith and expectation in some stories of healing. Last week, we talked about our our finances. We said that wasn't really about money last week. It was, here's a really clear opportunity for you to not just say, I have the faith that God could bless me as I give, but now do you have the expectation that you're going to do it because you know what God has said he'll do. 
So we've been bringing this up over and over. Now, we haven't been talking about faith and expectations just simply to have something on the, uh, you know, fill the Sundays of sermons. It's not just because, it's, it's because we've been heading towards something. It's in something that I've been kind of alluding to now for a few weeks, saying that not only for us individually, but as a church, we're going to have to meet it with faith and expectation. That we can't come with doubt, we can't let the enemy come and tear us apart. We can't just say, I know God can, but I'm not going to operate in it. We have to have faith and expectation. So this morning, as we kind of continue on this and get to this Sunday that I've just kind of had circled on my calendar for quite some time now, I want us to look one more time at this idea of faith and expectation, but not just that, but how we press on in faith to what God has for us, to that promise. In fact, that's our message this morning. The title of it is, you'll put it up for us uh, today, Pressing On in Faith, meaning we know what God has put out there, and we're going to keep walking and in expectation of what God has already said will happen. To go in that kind of faith. Now, we're going to look at a few verses this morning in the book of Philippians chapter 3. Now, I'm going to tell you that if I could, if I had to make a top 10 list of my favorite Bible passages, I think this would make the cut. This passage is something that just means so much to me. And I think it has some foundational truth for us about what it means to walk in this kind of faith and pressing on in faith. So let's look at these words, just a few verses. In Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 10, it says this. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm asking you to leave those verses up for us this morning uh, as a reminder of what we're talking about today. In fact, some of you, you're going to say, those have been familiar words lately because those are, in fact, those verses right there, 12, 13, and 14, are our theme verses on our Wednesday night uh, discipleship ministry, Crosspoint. That's the, the theme verse behind that ministry. And so we've shared that a few times. And this is such an awesome, awesome reminder of what it means to go after what the promises of God and what God has called us to do and to go after it with faith and with expectation. This is a reminder to all of us that we cannot sit still, we cannot wait for somebody else, that we have to go and see what God has uh, told us to go after and go get it and go do it because we know God said, I'm, I'm going to fulfill my promises to you. So I'm going to quickly, in my attempt to be just you know, simple this morning, and shared, I want to kind of highlight just a few things in this passage for us, and then, then I want to share something just really awesome and really big and really challenging with all of us. 
First of all, I want you to know this. These verses are like the Apostle Paul's um, personal mantra, like his vision and mission statement, right? He starts by saying, I want to know Christ, the power of the resurrection, to share in the sufferings of Christ. How many of that, if for you, is that your personal goal, to share in the sufferings of Christ? I mean, he was saying, I want this because I just want to know Christ's power and presence in my life. Even if it means I've got to do difficult things, even if it's painful things, I want to be just, I, I want Christ in me, the power that is the resurrection power in my life. That's a pretty awesome goal, right? And he starts off in these verses right here. He says, not that I've already obtained all of it, not that I'm perfect, now, I haven't gotten all the way there, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What that tells us is Paul knew what he was heading towards. He, can, he had the goal in mind. He says, I know I want to accomplish certain things in, in my life, and not for my glory, but for God's glory in me. In fact, even more than that, he didn't just say, I have my goals. He says, I know why Christ chose me, why he saved me, that he didn't just save me so he can have the Paul trophy on his shelf. He says, I'm going to save Paul because he's gonna, I'm going to do awesome things through his life. And Paul says, I want to go get a hold of that thing of which Christ Jesus, the reason why he has my life in his hands. Have y'all heard the saying before, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time? Sadly, I think that's the description that maybe a lot of believers in Christ, maybe even a lot of churches could have put on me. I'm really not aiming at anything. I'm just kind of walking through my life, just trying to mind my own business, make sure I've got enough things to keep me happy, and just everybody don't worry about me. God did not call your name so that he could have his little trophy of you sitting on his shelf saying, look, I got another one right here. And that's all I'm wanting. I'm just wanting the trophy. I got this. I got one more name in the book. That's not the reason he saved you. It's not the reason he called us to be a church. He didn't plant Bono Baptist right here for the season and the time he has us here just so that we can have a place to go on Sundays. He didn't just bring this so that we can just move from Sunday to Sunday and just so that those who believe and those who want to can come worship and just we'll try not to bother anybody. You don't bother us. Just like your life is also true for the church. He saved you. He planted you. He equipped you for a purpose. He took hold of your life. He took hold of this place for a reason. And just like Paul, we want to be the ones saying, I want to go take hold of that thing that goal of which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Whatever that thing was that he called my life to, my church to, I want to go get it with passion and intensity. The goal that I have. How many of us can say that we know what we're aiming at in our life, in our Christian walk? And more than that, can you say that not just that you have a goal, that you have an aim, but that it is in line with what God has called you for. Maybe your goal, your aim is to earn enough money or to 
have enough things or to have a certain job or career or whatever it is. But I say, is that the thing of which, why Christ Jesus took a hold of your life? We have to know what that is so we can go after it with intensity. Now look at this, friends. This is so important. Paul is telling us as he goes after the goal, he says, what am I doing? One thing I do, he said, I don't have it yet. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining forward to what is ahead. Because Paul knows something, and I need to tell you that, friends, we can get lost by looking behind us. Jesus Christ tells us, you know, we're not supposed to, as we're plowing the field, we're not supposed to keep one, you know, looking over our shoulder to see where we've been. Because it is too easy to get, to get depressed and just put in a just, uh, you know, sit down and do nothing kind of place when you spend all your time thinking about what happened yesterday. And I'm talking not only the failures, but those precious memories, you know, the good old days. Now, let me just say this for a second, friends. When you set a goal, when you have a Christ-filled goal for your life, for our church, what is the enemy going to do? What, I mean, just a guarantee the enemy is going to come after you and say, well, look at you trying to do something good. Remember how you messed that up last time? Mm-mm-mm, you're going to do it again. The whispers come. Because all of you know that you know, you've tried to do something. You've made the commitment. you made the resolution. I'm going to aim at this, and you failed. Well, there is not a person out there, apart from Jesus Christ, who hasn't already done that. We've all failed. We've all stumbled. The biggest giants of the faith in the Bible have failed so many times, and most of them in ways so much bigger than anything you've done. What sets them apart, why their names are written down, and, and, just, and in that hall of fame of faith you find in Hebrews 11, they were not perfect men or women. There are ones who said, I failed, I've done it a bunch of times, but I'm going to keep getting up, I'm going to keep pressing forward to the goal, no matter what happened yesterday. The enemy wants to remind you what happened yesterday, so you'll sit back down and not try it again. Moving forward is forgetting what is behind. Not only the bad things, but also that you get lost in the, the good old days. Now, I realize our God is a God who wants, rejoices in us remembering the blessings of past. Many times he told his people in Scripture, he says, mark this day down, and every time it comes around, you celebrate it, you remember it, so you don't forget what I've done in your life. I mean, that's, that's awesome to go celebrate, to remember, and all that. But, listen to me, we, our intent is not just to go recapture exactly what it was before, because that day is gone, this day is new. What we are to do is go celebrate what God did, Remember the promises he's given. Remember the lessons we learned. And then take that into the new thing that is today. Because you cannot just get back the exact way it was yesterday. Think of it with your kids. You know, no matter how old they get, right? You, even if you have grown children, if their birthday comes along, what are you going to do? You're going to celebrate their birth. You're going to be like, oh, here's she. You're so cute when she, he was a baby. Oh, now you can't go back and make that that adult, you know, 45-year-old child, be back to there. You can't. You're going to go, thank you, God, for that memory. Thank you for the lessons learned. You're not going to go try to cheat, treat that child like a baby again. Right? You go, okay, but we're in a new day. We're in a new season. All the things I learned, all the lessons I'm applying today. But sometimes we get lost in just trying to 
recapture what we thought was the best time. No, we learn, we celebrate, we remember, but we don't just get stuck in yesterday. God's got a fresh vision that still comes from the old faithful promises. He says, I'm not going to get stuck in what's behind, but what? I strain forward to what is ahead. He says, I'm not going to spend too much time worrying about what I, what I did bad yesterday and how I messed up, or if yet, you know last year was better than this year, or anything like that. I'm going to strain ahead. He says, I'm going to, I want you to get this, press on toward the goal. That word there in the Bible means this. It's like somebody who is reaching out, I mean, stretching as far as they possibly can. Like, I mean, just with every intention and effort. Like, I am going to, I'm reaching, I'm going after it as hard as I can until I get it. He says, I'm going to press on. I'm not going to worry about what's behind me. But I know why God put my name down in his book. It's not just to have my name there. It's for a purpose. It's for a reason. I'm going to go get it. Man, what a great attitude. What an awesome reminder of what it is to be a Christ follower and to be the church of God. But we have to confront ourselves with this question. Are we aiming at anything? Are we pressing on toward that goal? to which we've been called. Now, friends, we don't have to answer that question just individually. We do need to answer it individually, but beyond that, we need to answer it as the body of Christ. And every body of Christ, every assembly of believers, every church has to come together and ask that question, what are we aiming at? What's the goal? What have we been called to do? Have we been called here and just to try to bide our time? To say, I hope I can just kind of get through the same way until God calls me home? Or is he called us to a goal, to a purpose, to a reason for this season? Let's know what that is and let's go after it. And friends, we have to know that that is the truth. We have been tasked with something awesome. I mean, Christ gave us those words. He says, go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I command you. And I will be with you always at the end of the age. He gave us a goal, friends. He didn't just say, oh, I'll figure it out as you go along. He says, here's what you're to do. Now, each church does it differently. Each body can reach different people, and we're equipped in different ways. But we know what the goal is. But are we aiming at it individually or as a church? All right, friends, let me say something honestly. Here's what I want, I want you to hear me this morning. I'm going to speak just, just personally for a second. I know that in my heart, and I put this on me before I would put this on anybody else, that we have faced a season, I'm talking about as a church, Well, we weren't aiming at anything. Now, did you hear me? I said, I'm not putting that on, on you guys. We're the church together. Yes, we're, we're all the body of Christ. But that conviction came to me for a reason because God put me in this place for a reason. That's not a fun realization to have, friends. 
And there are ways I still mourn over that. I don't even know how I fell into it in some ways. I'm just saying, let's just keep going. They just get from week to week, from event to event. Let's not really worry about aiming at anything. It wasn't intentional. Just what happens. And friends, we're not alone in that. Hmm. When I tell you that the, the Spirit's been doing some work my life, and I've seen in others. God has, this is how I know God's been at work, because I've seen the same thing popping up in different ways, through different words, just in a variety of places here in our church family. God's saying, are y'all going to start aiming at something? Over the past many weeks, and even, even months, really, I'd sit in my office and pray and work, okay, God, well, what should we do? And I'd maybe try to, what if we change this? What if we try that over here? And what if, you know, what if, what if, what if? A few weeks ago, I was sitting there in my chair. It's quiet in the office, had my cup of coffee. Uh, nobody else was here yet and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there, I'm kind of reading. I'm praying, I'm worshiping, just kind of all in one. Just having some just time with God. Thinking about, you know, well, what if we did this? What if we tried here? What if, you know, what if, what if? I mean, it was like God spoke in that moment. He said, Greg, are you trying to change just to change? Or are you aiming at something? And I started praying. And as I was praying, I got my little notepad just all around my desk. I mean, there's everywhere. I picked up one of my notepads. I started writing. I wrote something. And I wrote it down. I said, hmm. Something stirred. Something stirred. And I, I, I kind of rewrote it. I prayed about it. And I, and I looked at it, kind of rewrote it. Maybe the fourth, fifth time I wrote it, and I circled it. I said, God, are you up, are you up to something? I said, I don't know. I, I need some prayer. I need some confirmation, God, that you're up to something. Because, God, if that's true, what I wrote down, if that's what you almost aim at, that's, that's, that's kind of scary, God. In fact, God, that's real scary because I don't know how to do that. And I said, the guy said, I, I can't do that on my own. No way. God, I mean, come on. You know, I'm sitting there trying to wrestle with God, knowing this, uh, the Lord is speaking, but I'm trying to convince him of what I want. Mm, that doesn't work, does it? So then I, I began to just to slowly share that with a few others and says. You know, what, is, what about this? And over days and weeks, I just, the, the Lord used some mighty ways. People come back and say, you know, I can't get that out of my head. You know, that's, that's right. Uh, what if that? And I, and, and I talk about it, and I says, but man, that's scary. Hmm. But God started doing something. All those things of, well, what if this and what if that? began to take a different shape when we said what's the reason behind these things what if we aimed at that and that's why we should look at whatever we're doing down here I know I'm being a little vague this morning and you're going to learn more if you stick around for lunch but 
God is up to something. It's awesome. It's God-sized. But it's scary. And it's something I cannot do myself. John couldn't do it. Robert couldn't do it. None of our deacons on their own could do it. None of you could do it. by No way. Not at all. Something the church can do. So I've prayed over it and prayed over it. And asked others to pray over it. I decided this morning would be an awesome opportunity to ask you to start praying over it. This morning is not going to be a... I want to be very clear about something. I'm about to share this with you, and I'm not going to say, all right, make your commitment, all right, jump in right now. I'm I'm telling you right now, I think that's what the Lord's doing. And I'm calling you to be prayer partners with me in this. And I'll tell you about some other things. So what are we going to aim at as a church family? Put it up for us, brother. I want you to read this with me. I want us to add 200 currently unchurched members by Sunday, December 15, 2019 at 12.30 p.m. Is that specific enough for you? I mean, I didn't want to to be vague at all. Why that day? Why that time? That is going to be two years almost to the day after our current year, 2017, year in business meeting, which happened on December 17th, where we approve the next year's budget and multiple things. And on that Sunday, yes, I'm going to ask you to pray over and make a commitment if you think God is in that. And that time is approximately two years from that date when we had finished that year in business session, two years later, 200. I'm not talking, listen to this. I'm not talking about 200, you know, steal the sheep from another flock. I'm not saying let's go find a church where they really... You know, they really hate their pastor, and hey, come on over here. No, I'm saying there is, we are surrounded, friends, by people who either don't know the Lord at all or who have walked away from the faith, who said, I don't need to have that you know, church relationship in my life. The currently unchurched, whether they're backslidden or just unsaved, I want to go get them. I want to go get them. I don't bring them here. Now, did you hear? I said, I want to go get them, and I'll say it again. I cannot do this by myself. And I don't want you to think, I put something here for you, and you go, all right, pastor, go do it. Mm -mm. Mm Mm-mm. No, 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 we're not going to work that way, friends. Now, I get it if you say how, that's a valid question, and to the how, I will say you better stick around for lunch today, and we're going to begin to answer the how. Okay? But still, I want you to know we're aiming at something. And I'm going to tell you this. This is completely independent of one person, even if it's me. You know, I want us to consider what God has to do with the church family. The Lord could do something and call me home tomorrow if that was his will. He, I mean, the Lord can do whatever he wants. I, I hope not, but he could. And I don't want y'all to say, well, something happened to Greg or something happened to another leader. I guess we don't have to do this. This is the church. It's not about me. It's not about any individual. It's about what the Lord. Now, some of you still going, come on, Greg. I've been here and 200 people and, and in that time period. And if you're doubting, if you were, then I would say this, friends. 
If God could bring 5,000 people to the church on one day, as it's recorded in the book of Acts, you think he could do 202 years? Hmm. I mean, is that such a big request? I don't think so. But it means we better be aiming at something, and better be working on something, and seeking the Lord in everything we do. I told you, so you may not like it. And now, I get you like it because, wow, you can imagine 200 people and all these great things, but where the hard part is for you, because that means none of you get to sit to the side. It means none of you have, or just can be just going along life and just not worrying about things. That means all of us have to be able to look at, should we change certain things? Should we, do, we need to, do we need to try differently? Do we need to get out there and get uncomfortable? And the answer to that is yes. That's why I say that's the not fun part. But when God does something great, don't you want to be a part of it? I'm going to preach on this here maybe in the coming weeks. Um, I almost did this morning, but the Lord took me a different direction. This is, I promise, real quick. I know I'm, you're starting to think I'm a liar for that first part of I'm going to try to be brief. I'm sorry. This, I'm working on it, but l- listen to this last thing. You remember in the Old Testament, Gideon, Gideon he was, his army was going to, uh, he was leading the Israelites. They were going to fight a battle. He had 32,000 of his army. Still not enough people, but an army. Well, God, what did God do? God said, you have too many people for me to win this battle for you. And Gideon was probably like, yes, Lord, the enemy has too many people. And God said, no, you, Israelites, you have too many people. And Gideon's like, what? Excuse me? He said, yeah, too many people. Send some home. Whoever's afraid, go home. And then he was down to 10,000 people. And God said, still, mm-mm, too many. What did he do next? He brought it down to 300 to defeat a whole army. <laughs> 300 to fight a whole battle and defeat a whole army. Was it going to be easy? No. Had some challenges along the way. But if you knew how the story was going to end, if you knew how the battle would work out, like you do now, because you, you can look at Scripture, what would you rather have been in? The 300 or all the rest? Now we say, because we know how it turned out, the 300, but imagine this. What if you were making that decision of your commitment before you ever knew, before the battle had ever been fought. How hard would that have been, right? That would have been incredibly hard to say, God said we're going to win. I have faith and I have expectation. I'm here for the fight. And trust Him. You get to be part of a story that goes down in history and all those others sat at home. Something similar is happening here, friends, because we come to a crossroads of saying, either I'm going to operate in faith and expectation that God called us to a purpose, to a reason, and that is to go and grow the kingdom. And I'm going to aim at it, I'm going to go after it, I'm going to forget what is behind and look to what is ahead. I'm going to do it with faith and expectation. Or you can say, not for me. I can't make you adopt a goal. I can't make you go after what the Lord has for you. But I can say is, wouldn't you rather be counted among the mighty men and women who acted in faith and expectation over what God was going to do here?
Praise the Lord. Let's go before God right now. We're going to have our praise team come up, and I want you right this moment to go ahead and begin, even as I'm talking, I want you to go ahead and begin just to speak to God. I love how he can work over my voice and the Holy Spirit work on you. I want you to begin right now to seek him. I'm asking you to do what I've done and many others have done and just start praying, God, what do you want me to do? Don't come to God right now with your agenda. Right now, start talking to God. Right now, it's you and God, even as I'm, as, even as I'm speaking up here. Don't come to him with your plans and say, here's what I'm going to do, God. Here's how I'm going to, this is how I want. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Say, God, would you reveal to me your plan for my life? Would you reveal to me the direction, the aim, the goal for our church? Say, God, give me the faith and expectation to follow you. I just want right now, your commitment this morning is to begin seeking him. The seeking God and what he'd have you do. I want you to know that you are not called to sit on the sidelines and just wait for everything else to happen. Just life to pass you by. You are called to be a part of this. What are you going to do? If you make any commitment this morning, I want it to be that you will fight side by side with me to find out what the Lord has, to go into new things. Because God can do awesome things. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. But God's going to do some awesome things. Begin to seek him in that and make those commitments this morning. And then one last word before I pray over all of you. There's maybe some of you need to get on the team. And I, and I mean that literally and symbolically. Some of you need to kind of floating around of, well, I know I should be really committed in the church to the church God has called me. I just don't know. I've been hanging on the sidelines. Let's solve that today. And maybe some of you here, and this is not a judgment call on my part, but maybe some of you here, and this has been, you know, you've, you've, you're on the books, <laughs> you're the member, you're here, you're all this, but your heart hadn't been in it. Friend, I don't, I don't blame you. I, I know the feeling. There's been times I have felt dejected and depressed, and the enemy has got a hold of me, and I've aimed at nothing. And, and so I know the feeling. I'll, I'll share with you in that understanding. But I'd say to you this morning, let's get back off the bench. Let's be the team. We're all on the same team here together, friends. Same team. Covered by the blood and the name of Jesus Christ, seeking to do his purpose. Let's get up. Let's get involved. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning and these things that you're doing. God, I thank you for what I, I believe to be a God-given goal placed before us. God, I'm asking this morning that you help people begin in their heart to wrestle with the commitment to this. God, so that in a few short weeks' time, we, we'll know, we'll know, God, what, what you're going to do. And we'll start praying, God, for those 200 or more that, God, you would bring into this place. God, this has nothing to do with our being able to boast. 
us trying to feel better about anything we're doing. God, this is because you said, you told us to walk by the name of Jesus. There is a purpose. There's a mission. There is a, there's a command on us to go make disciples. God, to go preach the word, the gospel. To go bring in the lost and restore the broken. God, that is not a mandate, a command on one individual person. It is on all of us. So, God, don't let us run from it. Don't let us deny it any longer. That feeling and and that care of being uncomfortable. God, you have called your people to be uncomfortable. So You're not so worried about if we're comfortable at the moment. God, because you know that when we're pressed, but not crushed, persecuted but not abandoned god when you know that when things are tough still you are there and it's in those moments that god you do mighty work this will not be easy but we don't expect it to be we know that the enemy will try to throw a whole bunch of stuff at us and we won't stand for it we're gonna go after the call you have placed on us by the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for these things. God, I ask you, move upon your people right now, your children. In this place, begin giving vision. Confirm what we've been talking about through as you speak to them. God, help us put pride and agenda aside. All of us, myself, God, too. And seek what you have for us. We thank you, God, for all this. Pray it by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.